Meet Eleonora Pitasso, Shipyard Relationship Coordinator and Sales Broker at Burgess. Eleonora joined Burgess in 2015 with 10 years experience in yachting. Eleonora grew up in the Trieste region of Italy and she's fluent in English, French, Italian and Spanish. She also speaks German and Russian. Her career started in a brokerage company in Monaco, which gave her experience in sales, charter, customer relations and project management. Prior to joining Burgess, she worked as a charter manager for Fraser Yachts in Monaco. She also has experience as chief commercial officers for Europe, Russia, for super yacht supply company Sea Vision. And yeah, she's also a yacht dame. Hi everyone, welcome back to Yacht Fam. I'm here with a very good friend in the industry, Eleonora Pitasso. She is actually a kick-ass woman and has appeared in almost every uh, amazing woman in the industry on all the magazines. She's always headlines. So I'm so happy you guys get to meet her on the show. She is the Shipyard Relationships Coordinator and Sales Broker for Burgess. So on top of everything, she has a very important job and she's extremely well known within the industry as well. Eleonora, thank you so much for taking the time to appear on the show. Hi, Andrea. Hi, and hi, everybody. So thank you for uh, for giving me this opportunity today to, to join a conversation with uh, Yacht Fam. So I'm, I'm very happy to be here and uh, ready for your questions. <laughs> Eleonora was always uh, already very nice and uh, has also appeared on Yacht Team, so you can find her information on the website and on the other Instagram um, platform. Um, so let's jump in. Um, Eleonora, can you give us a little bit of background? Tell us who you are, where are you from, and what do you do in yachting? Sure, sure. So, um, well, Andrea, it's my story comes from uh, the very northeastern part of Italy. Uh, I was um, I was defined uh, by the industry, the Italian with the Austrian pinch, because uh, actually my the region of Trieste uh, borders with uh, Slovenia and Austria, and um, actually until a hundred years ago was still part of the Habsburg Empire. This has left a massive uh, cultural heritage into my region. So you know I got of course the Italian mix with uh, some Austrian pinch. And um, I, I lived there until my university studies. And after I, um, I landed here on the French Riviera, uh, wasn't my academic plan, of course, to get here, but life is full of surprises and we need to, to take always the good ones. So I, I finished my uh, postgraduate studies in international relationship and um, international affairs. Uh, with, uh, with another uh, master in uh, European Advanced Studies. Uh, my specialization is geostrategic, which uh, means basically uh, geopolitics with, um, with a mixture of military studies. So I was supposed to, to wow. join. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I was supposed to join a PhD, actually, program uh, in Rome. However, Love is uh, winning against everything in life, so I decided to move for personal reasons on the French Riviera. And I found myself uh, with uh, this uh, amazing profile, but what I'm going to do now? Uh, so a Dutch friend, she suggested me to look for uh, some jobs in Monaco. And they were looking, there was a small brokerage company looking for an office manager. And um, 
there we go. So everything started with yachting <laughs> and just <describe laughs> that probably that was my vocation and uh, needed just to keep this new passion and uh, heading up with full spirit. And uh, so here we are in Monaco in Burgess. <laughs> so what was that uh, first brokerage house you started at? Uh, the first house was called Privilege Yacht. And uh, the, um, my boss uh, worked many years in the United States. So we opened a very small corner office in Miami. And uh, actually I got uh, very familiar with the Florida market because for six years, I was literally uh, traveling there almost one week per month. So, and wow. I was doing, uh, doing quite a lot of brokerage business, project management, some charter. So I got really a full, a full knowledge of the, of the commercial activity of our yachting industry. And, um, and after, of course, I moved on uh, in, uh, into other adventures because there is always an evolution if you want to become a specialist, right? <laughs> of course. So from, uh, from there, from the privilege, uh, what happened? Was right after you uh, joined Burgess or did you do something else in between? No, I actually decided to uh, go for another adventure with a U.S. company, uh, US, uh, Fort Lauderdale based and called Sea Vision Underwater Lights. I was the chief commercial uh, officer for Europe and uh, Russia because uh, they had their European antenna based in Antibes and then Cannes. Uh, and when I was, uh, when I joined the company, um, they were actually looking into um, maximizing the, the exposure of the company into a large super yacht. And this is where really I had the switch with, uh, with larger boats and um, I started driving to all Europe and going to Moscow, Bochov, just to represent the company and selling underwater lights. Uh, however, I have to say that it was a massive, massive experience on field. Uh, it allowed me really to, uh, to compare different way of, uh, you know, of approach, uh, how was the commercial proposal uh, different into an Italian shipyard, a German shipyard, a Dutch shipyard. And of course, um, the underwater lights were the first thing that you fit just after a highly stuffed structure. So I could see the future shaping of yachting. It was absolutely fascinating. And uh, this is where also I, I really got very interested in the, into the new build part. Mm -hmm. um, after Sea Vision, though, I said, maybe I'm traveling too much, so I should find something um, quieter. And uh, I had a very, very quick experience as a charter manager for Fraser Yachts. So mm -hmm. entered into the charter management that it was, uh, it was another specialization. Completely uh, different. Very different and uh, actually absolutely, yes, with less travel. However, uh, in this case, I could really perfection my uh, relationship with the owners, with the yacht owners and of course all the main actors around the commercial charter activity of a yacht. So um, it became quite a lot of insight. And uh, after I, I went to Burgess, and now I'm in the sixth year with Burgess. So very enthusiastic. Uh, I love my job. And uh, I had the opportunity almost three years ago to finally join the sales uh, department. Uh, I always loved actually the very commercial part. Uh, I, I love the challenges. I love to, uh, to get the deal done. 
and uh, and there we go. So work for that. However, the company took in consideration my my past experience, and they they decided that um, we had to implement, of course, uh, the shipyard relationship. So mm -hmm. it's a business role in this case, plus doing my sales broker activity, and the rest is history, as we say. <laughs> so. Um, I think maybe the audience is a little bit more familiar with the with the broker side, with the selling of the yachts. Um, uh, can you tell us more about the uh, shipyard relationship? Um, yes, sure. What do you do? Um, what is your role there? Okay, sure. Um, basically, uh, as you may know, I mean, we are a large company and the super yacht industry is quite, uh, quite specific also in the, in the new build uh, uh, field. Um, what we have to uh, to think is that uh, you know big companies like uh, like Burgess they need to have um, a very well organized structure and to implement the organization uh, it's better to improve the um, the filter that goes to a to a relation means um, if we are many brokers and we're calling the shipyard for the for the same thing. It's not gonna really give a lot of um, practicality. So uh, better having one contact that is familiar and uh, that is able to make sure that all the other sales team brokers are aware of what's going on. And as I had a lot of connections with the shipyards from my previous experience, um, it was much easier for me to pick up a phone taking a car, driving there. I don't need the GPS to go to the yards. <laughs> so, uh, of course, uh, also for, uh, for the industry that uh, they know me in the, in the past and uh, at the several events uh, of, the, of the industry, it was, uh, it was a face that we know, a face to put in contact with. And uh, so we, we created this, uh, this new feature. And actually, it works very well because it gives more time to um, my colleagues to dedicate to the sale of the boats. It gives a massive improvement into the database because we have regular information. And it gives, of course, a, a massive advantage to a shipyard that knows that, of course, all the other brokers are very free to, uh, to get in touch with them. However, they will always know that there is already a basic information that is given, provided, discussed with the client before eventually my colleagues will pick up the phone and contact the, um, and contact the yard for further information. This is what they want. So it's a, it's a great, great, uh, great improvement into the performance of the whole team. And, uh, and of course, the shipyard relationship needs that needs a constant contact with uh, with the actors of the of the industry so i'm basically monitoring all the activity um, in italy in europe uh, worldwide and of course now that i cannot really travel i have uh, my local colleagues that uh, give me a hand and uh, and they feed me sometimes with good information so it's always an, a teamwork at the end of the day that's very interesting um when you describe it like that it sounds so logical it's um it's amazing that it didn't exist before it's one of those things that it just smooths out everything that you're like oh we should have always had this like one point of contact like a pyramid that gives to other people so that's great um you 
just described having so many roles within the broker side as well as you know the construction side of the yacht build. Why did you end up picking um, broker sales? It seems like you could have gone almost like any avenue you wanted. Well, because I'm within the years, of course, I realized that uh, that I really like the commercial commercial approach, and it's also in uh, in my nature the fact of uh, of having the challenge, a constant challenge of uh, of having a deal done, having seeing a seeing a client that is happy, an owner that is happy. I mean, uh, at the end, you um, you get in touch with some people that uh, create real connections for so many years. And uh, this is the way it goes. You've got repeat clients, clients that eventually start uh, willing to charter, then they step into a small, uh, small yacht uh, purchase, and maybe they want to go bigger. Maybe then they become passionate about the new build uh, the, the whole new build activity. They like the, the adventure and you are together with them. So, so you, you see evolving your client and this is something that is absolutely magnificent. I, it's always fascinating to see how, uh, how an owner, how a client behaves. And uh, there is always a new life when you enter in contact for the first time with the client. You, you don't know him, so it's always a discovery. You have to learn how to, uh, what is really the perspective of the client, what he's really looking for. And um, your challenge is, will I find something that uh, it's going to be suitable for the client? So this is what I like. So the shipyard relationship is something that I'm very comfortable with. I love the industry. I love to stay in touch with people. And on the other side, I like also to see the evolution of, uh, of individuals like owners and clients within the industry. So that's probably why I, I decided to go for the sales broker role as well. Um, to understand better, you're very different. Well, they're, they're related, of course, roles, but they're, uh, they're very strong roles themselves. Can you tell us like a day in a life of a, a sales broker and a day in a life when you do the, the shipyard relationship? Sure. So if, uh, if uh, somebody follows me on Instagram, you probably have seen uh, in the past my 6 a.m. morning flight uh, uh, heading to a shipyard, so everybody knew that it was quite an early wake-up. Um, so early wake-up, you go to the airport, you take a nice flight, and or you drive the car if you go to Italy, and uh, you head um, you head to the yard. At the yard, basically, you uh, you meet with the sales team. You have an inspection of uh, the facility. Eventually, you get a a quick intel uh, about what's in construction and the most important, what can be sold by, mm -hmm. by, the, by the brokerage company, of course. So um, after this, uh, this, basically at the end of the day, you have, uh, you have a clear vision of what's going on at the yard. And you do that, of course, with, uh, with a few yards. Uh, the, the trip was always not as an individual trip. I was trying to put together like a road trip. Mm -hmm. so in for example, I was visiting a couple of shipyards per day for three, four days in a row. Like these, I could cover the most of the itinerary and, of course, maximize the, the flux of information that I could get for, uh, for the colleagues. So this is basically a, a very moving and dynamic life, uh, driving, driving the car, um, picking up calls, visiting the, the yard, speaking with the sales team. So it's very active. 
And uh, of course, uh, the sales broker day, it's uh, a day where you are getting in touch with your clients and maybe uh, you have a selection to prepare for your clients. So you have to go through what's the, what's the most uh, suitable boat uh, for your client, what there is, of course, available. You eventually check if there are some units still available. Sometimes, you know, something is marketed, but it's, the information is not updated. So you need to make sure that you're not presenting something it doesn't exist or is under because yeah we need to be it married. happens it happens it happens uh, i mean uh, it's also because the market being so dynamic sometimes you receive an offer for the boat and maybe you you cannot really update the system to third-party brokers so it's better to check with your colleague and asking eventually if the boat is still available it's it's a bit like in charter you know there can be some mm -hmm. charter where you should still ask the yacht manager, the charter manager, if the boat is available because there might be an offer that the owner might want to accept. So it's it's very delicate and and you will need to be sure that you can propose the boat without having somebody telling, ah, sorry, they accepted an offer yesterday. You're like, gosh, I sent the wrong boat. <laughs> so this makes sure that you send a good selection to your client. Um, of course, you have your, uh, eventually you got your central agency listing. So you, you apply to third party brokers inquiries to direct clients, uh, um, or eventually you, uh, you just uh, try to, uh, to find in your database who was going to be the a prospect that he might be interested in a special selection in a 32 meter range uh, in a 30 to 50 meter 50 meter plus so it's chasing of course and uh, this is another challenge of the sales broker <laughs> that of course uh, is the same for everybody <laughs> yeah um, um... I didn't know how often that that would happen that you would get someone excited and all of a sudden um, they may have sold it already, but the system wasn't updated. So it, it, it's it must be very hard emotionally for the to get the the client over move them to another. Yeah, sure. The, the fact that uh, of course before announcing the sale of a of a yacht, uh, it, you you need to go through a, a very accurate process because you know sometimes the market is. Uh, is extremely unpredictable, probably the most unpredictable market. <laughs> That's true, and I'm sure you guys have seen many changes. And actually, let's dive into that. The, so many of us, and I think everybody, has had to restructure their daily routines or how, I don't know, the core of their companies actually work. How has, has the pandemic affected you? Well, actually, there was the first impact was the travel, traveling, of course. As you know, I mean, we're always on the run, and uh, yeah. I forgot to mention when you're a sales broker, of course, you go to inspect the boats, you, you present the boats to your client, and after you prepare eventually also a road trip where you go with your client to, to show that potential boats you might like. So, um, you know, the travel restrictions were quite, uh, quite heavy. And um, however, what, uh, what the industry found um, there that was existing, as we mentioned before, it was technology. The mm -hmm. use of technology became, of course, massive, and actually, it had uh, improving certain aspect of the um, of the relationship with the, with the client, because the client, of course, is stuck in a place and can't move, but still uh, wants to to buy a boat. So, the only way you can contact him is organizing something to give him 
a larger perspective with the boat. And there we go. So we had uh, much more virtual tours available, uh, walking tours uh, with the captains, uh, uh, or eventually when the travel restrictions got a little easier, you step eventually on board the boat and uh, you have a video call with your clients. So mm -hmm. massive use of technologies actually helped us a lot in the COVID. So this has changed because we weren't using as much as nowadays the technology. Um, so that was the probably the, the largest impact we had. After, of course, uh, there is a feeling, the feel and touch there has been some transactions I heard in the industry where a client has bought literally virtually the boat. So uh, it, it happened. Uh, however, I know that the few clients that uh, came through after the travel restrictions eased, then they, they finalized, of course, the deal. But it kept us, it gave us the technology, gave us the, the necessary support to keep up the relationship, to keep uh, clients uh, interest into the product and eventually going forward when when the new rules uh, would apply so um it's happening again now travel restrictions again so we use again the technology <laughs> yeah um, well i'm happy that everybody is pivoting and, and seeing how they can change um and still be effective what, so how long is it that you've been now in the yachting industry from the, the yacht management of a, an office all the way to now? Yes, mine been 15th year. Course, so, I think that I started when I was a, a child. <laughs> <laughs> so but 15 years, I guess, since you moved to Monaco, took that role at, at the first uh, broker house. Um, so many things have happened. You have really changed careers many times within the space. Um, can you pinpoint what would be like your biggest accomplishment or at least a very proud day that you say, you know, like I did that? <laughs> Probably was, uh, it was really in the moment that uh, Burgess confirmed that I could uh, be a sales broker because, you know, a company of such a renown with such a, with such a beautiful history, with such a, a great branding in the industry, for me, it's, it, it's a question of pride uh, being part of this team and uh, being announced by, by my, the top management that I could be a sales broker. Uh, then that for me was like, eh, okay, you made quite a long way and, uh, and your company that can trust you into, into your role. So, so yes, that was probably one of the best days I had in my career. I love it. It's not an award. It's not like a sale. It's actually the, what is it? The support from your, the big company to say, yes, you can start this and be the, bro uh, the sales broker. So, well, you know, uh, at the end, uh, you, uh, your growth, the, the individual growth starts also with the, with the relationship of the, with the company. If the company believes you, gives you the, gives you these wings and the opportunity to, uh, to grow. And for this, uh, I have really to thankful to, to be thankful massively, uh, Burgess for that. And uh, feeling today uh, this role for me, it's uh, really a question of great pride and uh, and uh, proving that uh, passion and work can match uh, so well together. <laughs> yeah, and you've worked so hard academically and then uh, professionally out in the field. Can you tell us something we wouldn't normally know about you? Maybe a hobby or something you just want to share? 
Well, uh, of course, I kept a bit of my diplomacy in, uh, in the blood. So uh, I'm volunteered for an NGO of the United Nations. Uh, it's called UNGMDF. So it's uh, based in New York at the United Nations uh, headquarters. And I'm part of the European antenna. So basically, uh, this NGO uh, promotes uh, promotes goals for the for the millennium, and uh, which is of course uh, equality, human rights, children rights. Uh, there are several fields of applications that there are a lot of discussion in that. So, uh, so when I can uh, between uh, flights in a normal time, between uh, deals, calls, uh, I I give some of my time to this beautiful organization. So probably yes. I don't really advertise it, so now you know something you don't know about me. <laughs> so when did you start that? Um, uh, it was uh, 2017, so it was uh, was quite recent. I mean, gonna get there in the fourth year again. But uh, yeah, I always kept in touch, of course, with uh, international organization. I have a lot of friends working in the European institutions, of course, those that kept kept to the spot <laughs> national affairs they they eventually also grew quite a lot so i i also have a nice network of uh, of diplomats um, european institution representatives and uh, and very high professionals uh, that after 15 years of course are very expert in their field as well <laughs> Yeah, um, I know what you mean. It's just like you keep working hard, so you're a great contact after 15 years. If you drop out, what am I going to do? So it's good that after 15 years, they kept going. Me, what I'm going to do? I, I can't stop, that is for sure. It's not even in my vocabulary. How can I stop? Oh, no, never stop. <laughs> it. Never stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it seems like you pretty much. It sounds like you made all the right decisions along the way. You have a very broad um, experience within the yachting industry that took you all the way to the underwater lights, understanding the construction sites, the hull, and more of the technical sites of yachting. And then you went all the way to not, not the pretty, but more the experience side in the, in the charter world, understanding the lifestyle and this going into the yachting industry and out only for a week or two. But either way, it's been a long career. What advice would you give yourself if you were starting uh, again today in yachting? Honestly, um, it's quite uh, it's quite an advice of just uh, being humble and thinking that sometimes you need to be patient into uh, into learning something because. Uh, uh, we have all the enthusiasm when entering into new industry, into new role, to to know everything. But you can't know everything because experience and time is part of what constitutes then your expertise. So I I came into the idea that uh, I could knew anything uh, in in probably in a few months. Uh, and actually, after 15 years, I'm still seeing that, uh, <laughs> that I'm learning. So yeah, I felt very passionate at the beginning, and I was quite impatient and say, "Oh, come on." why it doesn't work, why you can't do better, why, what's next? And actually, yeah, what's next for sure, but you have also to understand that there is a time to ask yourself what's next. So yeah, I would probably tell myself, be patient, be humble, learn, go and uh, 
Andy Paul. Piano piano, piano piano. Sano, ma piano e va lontano. So, slowly goes very far. Well, thank you so much for all this information and sharing so much with us. Before we leave, um, I want to encourage everybody to follow your Instagram. Um, you really get to see the life of someone in the yachting industry. She shares with us the luxury style, the lifestyle side, and also what it is to work itself with a lot of serious posts. Um, and she also has an amazing network. So see who is commenting on her post. Um, um, so please share your Instagram handle so people keep in touch. Yes, uh, so it's uh, Eleonora underscore NB, of course, stands for Nigel Burgess. So, because some people ask me why NB, I said because it's Nigel Burgess. So connected with, of course, my, uh, my company and uh, some, you know, some personal taste with, uh, with a, massive, uh, a massive participation to my contribution to my company's activity, which is large, is huge, is uh, dynamic, and uh, it's quite, uh, quite beautiful, actually, uh, every day. So just follow us. And don't worry, like always, all the information and all the ways you can contact Eleonora will be in the description below. So if you miss that, you just can click away pretty easy. Eleonora, thank you again for joining us on Yacht Bomb. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you. Finally, we made it. It took us a few, few time, but there we go eventually. <laughs> thank you so much. Can't wait to see you in person. <laughs> oh, me too. Soon. 2021. <laughs> 2021. Okay. Thank ciao. You. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Yacht Fum. If you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, and comment. Your comment will help us reach a broader audience. And don't miss the next episode. Bye!